Hello, this is Brian McCormick welcoming you to another edition of the Leadership Podcast Series from the Resource for Leaders, leadernetwork.org. Our National Leader of the Month is Earl Nightingale. Earl was a speaker, author, and philosopher, and is the recipient of our first ever posthumous honor. He graced our world from 1921 to 1989. Earl was well known for his thoughts and perspectives on life, and he espoused them for years on television and radio. He may be best known for his thoughts on The Strangest Secret, his 1956 recording that centered on the message, We Become What We Think About, and has continued to inspire millions of people over the subsequent 50-plus years. Earl's wife, Diana Nightingale, carries on his messages to this day. Ms. Nightingale shared Earl's wisdom for this month's written feature and offered an excerpt from Earl's audio presentation of Acres of Diamonds. And now, we begin this month's podcast of National Leader of the Month, Earl Nightingale. Back in the year 1843, a man was born who, during his lifetime, was to have a profound effect on literally millions of people. His name was Russell Herman Conwell. He became a lawyer, then a newspaper editor, and finally a clergyman in 1881. It was during this latter period that an incident occurred which was to change his life and the lives of countless others. One day a group of boys came to Dr. Conwell at his church and asked him if he would be willing to instruct them in college courses. They wanted a college education but lacked the money to attend. He told them he'd do all he could, and as the boys left, a thought, an idea began forming in Dr. Conwell's mind. He asked himself, why couldn't there be a fine college for poor but deserving young men? Here was a great idea, and he went to work on it at once. Almost single-handedly, Dr. Conwell raised between six and eight million dollars with which he founded the now well-known Temple University of Philadelphia. It was how he raised this money that I want to tell you about. He raised the money by giving lectures all over the country, more than 6,000 of them, and in each he told a story called Acres of Diamonds. This was a true story which had affected him very deeply, just as it affected his audiences. It was the story of a farmer who had settled in Africa. This farmer had heard the exciting stories of other African settlers who had made millions by discovering diamond mines. Realizing the African continent was rich in diamonds, the farmer could hardly wait to sell his farm and search for diamonds himself. He spent the rest of his life wandering the vast African continent, searching for the gleaming gems which brought such high prices on the markets of the world, but without success. Finally, in a sudden fit of despondency, broken, desperate, as I remember the story, he threw himself into a river and drowned. During this time, the man who had bought his farm one day found a large and unusual stone in the stream which cut through the property. It turned out to be a great diamond of enormous value, and then he discovered that his farm was covered with them. It was to become one of the world's richest diamond mines. Now, the first farmer had owned literally acres of diamonds, but had sold them for practically nothing in order to look for them elsewhere. If he had only taken the time and study to know what diamonds looked like in their rough state and had first thoroughly explored the land he had owned, he would have had the millions he sought, right on the land he had been living upon. What so profoundly affected Dr. Conwell and subsequently thousands of others was the obvious fact that each of us is at this moment standing in the middle of his own acres of diamonds. 
if we will only have the wisdom and patience to intelligently and effectively explore the work in which we are now engaged, we will usually find that it contains the riches we seek, whether they be financial or intangible or both. Before we go running off to what we think are greener pastures, let's make sure that our own is not just as green, or perhaps even greener. While we're looking at other pastures, other people are looking at ours. There's nothing more pitiful to my mind than the person who wastes his life running from one thing to another, like the first farmer, forever looking for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and never staying with one thing long enough to find it. For no matter what your goal may be, the road to it can be found somewhere in the work in which you now find yourself. It wasn't until he was completely paralyzed, for example, and was forced to reach into the resources of his mind, that a Wisconsin farmer got the idea of producing exceptionally good meat products on his farm, and one of the country's largest meatpacking companies was born. His farm contained acres of diamonds, too. He had just never seen them before. A paper salesman found a dirty drinking glass in his hotel room and gave his company the idea of manufacturing paper cups, an idea that solved his financial problems for life. An insurance man got the idea of going back to all the people in his files and really working with them, serving them the way they should be served. That year he wrote an additional $700,000 of insurance, made the million-dollar roundtable, and found he no longer had to approach coal prospects that by working with the people he had already sold and on their referrals, he had acres of diamonds right in his filing cabinet. A man out west amassed a fortune with a single small gas station. In the beginning, when things were tough, he would ask himself each morning, what can I do to increase my service to my customers? He still asks that question of himself each morning when he gets up, and while he could have retired years ago a wealthy man, he continues to dominate the business in his area by thinking of new and better ways to be of service. Do you know what the so-called average man would have done in this last case? He would have been worried about how bad business was, because in the beginning my friend had a hard time just feeding his family, when one day a man would have driven in the station in a big shiny car. This average man, seeing the wealthy customer, would have said to himself, I ought to be in his business instead of mine. You see, the average man believes some businesses are better than others, instead of realizing the truth that there are no bad businesses, there are just those people who do not know enough to see the opportunities in the work they're in. Jobs don't have futures. People do. No matter what our work happens to be, it's our business. We're its manager. If we can see no future or opportunity in it, it isn't because it's not there, but only because we can't see it. One time another farmer poked a tiny pumpkin into an empty one-gallon jug. The pumpkin grew until it completely filled the jug and could grow no more. When it was ripe, the farmer broke the glass jug and had a pumpkin which had assumed the jug's exact shape. In life, each of us does a similar thing. We poke ourselves into jugs of our own deciding, and we can grow no larger. But let's be mature enough to realize that it is we who do the poking, not the job, nor the company, nor the territory, nor the economy, nor the times. We do it. We should dispense with limitations and realize there is virtually no limit to our growth and development on the land on which we now find ourselves, with our roots deep in the soil of a working philosophy of life and our minds and bodies in a climate of freedom. People who become outstanding at their work are those who have seen their work as an opportunity for growth and development and who have prepared themselves for the opportunities which surround us every day. It was Matthews who wrote, Unless a man has trained himself for his chance, the chance will only make him ridiculous. A great occasion is worth to a man exactly what his preparation enables him to make of it. 
preparation is the key. It is becoming so good, so competent at what we're now doing, we'll actually force the opportunities we seek to come our way, as come our way they will. That concludes the podcast with National Leader of the Month, Earl Nightingale. Come back next month for another edition of the Leadership Podcast Series from LeaderNetwork.org.